as we step into this river of life of God, as we would engage with you, Lord, as we would surrender everything, not just something, oh God, but everything unto you, that you would take control, oh God, that you would turn our lives around, that there'll be a shifting in our hearts and our mindsets, oh God, and that, Father, we would turn back to you, Lord, and say all glory belongs to you. So, Father, today as we continue, we declare as an open heaven upon this house. And we pray, Father God, even over your servant as you administer later, Lord, that the word for this time and season, Lord, will be received, O oh God, in the manner that it has been tended from the throne room. So we give you all the glory, the praise, and the honor as we celebrate, Lord, your goodness this morning. Hallelujah. Can we give praise to God? Amen. He's faithful. All glory belongs to him. Amen. 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 There's such an amazing here this morning we want to welcome you here Potter's house family and those connecting with us it's all about God amen if you're in your home right now come on just get some space there we're gonna praise him and we're gonna walk right now in faith and declare that faith is a liar amen come on yeah. oh, oh, oh we're gonna praise you God my faith
material thing. It's also our blessings in good health. Amen. Our blessings in moving those mountains where God has been with us in those valley experiences. So it's more than just finances, but God is doing great things. Amen. Hallelujah. We just want to worship Him right now. Hallelujah, Father. Oh, we just honor you. Oh, unchangeable, unshakable you are, oh God. You are not a God created by you. You are not a God. You are not a God on any more. You are not a God. You are not a God of anything. Of anything we can do by your plan. That's just the way. That's
your holy name this morning. We surrender everything to you, O oh God, as we stand in your presence. And what an awesome presence it is, Lord. What an awesome presence it is, Lord. As we stand before you, O oh God, we give ourselves away. Every part of us, O oh God. And we say, Lord, here we are. Here we are, Lord. Use us. Minister to us, O oh God. Speak to us this morning. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Father, we just thank you this morning. Thank you, O oh God, that we can be found in your presence. Thank you, O oh God, that we can take the time out, O oh God, just to set aside, Lord, just time for you, mighty God. We bless you. You are great and awesome. We give you praise. Bless thy word unto our hearts, O oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you to the worship team. I greet you this morning in the precious name of Jesus. It's a great day to be alive. Amen. 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 It's a great day to be alive. Amen. Hey, you don't, you don't <laughs> sound very convincing to me. Because if you were happy to be alive, you'll be screaming yeah. and shouting, isn't it? Amen. It's a great day to be alive. Amen. That's better. Because we just don't uh, exist, but we live. Amen. So this morning, I just want to start off, and uh, firstly, I just want to greet you all, those of you that are here in the house, and those of you that are watching online this morning, and I just want to greet you in the precious name of Jesus. God is good, and God is greatly to be praised this morning. I just want to start off my message with a little illustration, and it just goes on into the, into the sermon this morning. And, you know, there was a father and a son who decided that they want to go, uh, they heard of a, a mining field. And so they wanted to go and uh, try their luck out in this mining field. And so they go there and uh, they buy this piece of land and so they start to mine and uh, it takes them a few months and nothing happens. But in the meantime, every, every few days they go to this uh, shop or um, a grocery store and they go there to buy supplies and they speak to this owner of the grocery store about this piece of land that they bought. And most of the time they are very, uh, you know, upset and despondent because they're not getting anything out of it. There's no reward as yet. And so time goes by and finally this father and son, they decide they're gonna give up. They go back to the grocery store and so they ask this, uh, the grocery store owner. So they say to him, are you willing to buy this piece of land? We just want to, if you can just give us 200 rands, it will be fine. And so this guy at the grocery store, what a luck it was for him. So he says, I'll take it. And so he takes this piece of land and uh, he buys it from them. These father and son go back to their normal lives. A few months later, they see in the newspaper that this grocery store owner has chuck it rich. And so they, they got a bit of a shock now because they know they were mining this piece of land for quite a while and they got nothing out of it. So they go back and they want to ask this fellow what's going on. So when they went to him and they said, did you buy another piece of land? So he said, no, no, it's the same piece of land. But you know what? Just a couple of meters away from where you stopped digging and I carried on, I struck gold. So I just want to say to you today, it all depends on what we see and how we see and who we see. And that's the title of my message this morning, is how do you see, what do you see, and who do you see? Because it's very important for us, especially in this day and age, because we can focus on a lot of things. And when we focus on a lot of things, we miss out, sometimes we miss out because we end at a place where we are not supposed to. We stop where we are not supposed to. And we miss out on the opportunity and the treasure that God has in store for us because we stop prematurely. We do not have the insight to see. We do not have to, the insight to know what is in there for us. So I'm going to take you to the book of Isaiah. 
And Isaiah chapter 6 and from verses 1, uh, I'm going to read from verse 1. Okay, thank you, Neil. <clears throat> I'm going to read from verse 1. And it says, it starts off like this, and it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up with the skirts of his train filling the temple. And above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two it covered its face, with two it covered his feet, and with two it flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone and ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphim to me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from off the altar. And with it he touched my mouth, and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips and your iniquity and guilt are taken away, and your sin is completely atoned for and forgiven. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And then I said, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go and tell this people that hear and hear continually, but understand not, and see and see continually, but do not apprehend with their mind. Amen. Amen. Now, if we look from the book of Isaiah, from chapters 1 to 5, you'll find that Isaiah is speaking to the people, but his message is so much so on woe to you, Jerusalem, woe to you, Jerusalem, and woe to you, Jerusalem. Because he's speaking in a time where King Uzziah is reigning. And King Uzziah will know, if you read in the book of Chronicles, that he was a king from the time he was 16 years old, and he ruled and reigned for 52 years. And in the time that he was reigning, he was a successful king. He was one that ruled and fought battles and gave good counsel over the country and over the people, and he was a good king. But as time goes by, and we know how when people are revered and honored, somehow they get mixed up in things that they're not supposed to. And so King Uzziah came to a place where he started uh, getting involved in corrupt things. And he started moving away from the things of God. And so God struck him with leprosy and he died. But in this time that Uzziah was, was speaking in, the, in, in chapters 1 to 5 to the people, he was talking to Jerusalem, but he did not have a clear and a concise message to them. Up until this king died... Now, the reason why I'm speaking about this today is because there are times when we are not able to see clearly that which God has in store for us because we place our focus on a lot of other things that are happening around us. Now, we all know it's not only now during this time of uh, pandemic or anything, but all throughout our lives, there have been things that come our way that take our focus away from God. And yes, we can be found in the church. And yes, we can be reading our Bible. And yes, we can be doing devotion. And we can be living very religiously. But we will not be fulfilling God's plan for us because our focus is not on Him. Now today, what God wants, us, wants me to give to you is that He wants to remind you of who He is. He wants to remind you of who God is. Because when you are reminded of who he is, you will be able to live your life to the fullest. Amen? You are able to live your life to the fullest when you know who God is. Now, many of you that are sitting here today will say, I know my God. Right? But in, in certain circumstances, we tend to forget who our God is. How many of us have asked questions? Ask ourselves, when we go through really tough times and dark days, we ask ourselves, where are you, God? It's not only you, it's me as well. We, we come to that place where we 
uh, we, we need to be reminded who God is. So when we look here in, in, in the book of Isaiah in, in chapter 6, when I say, who do you see and how do you see and what do you see? Isaiah was only able to see when this king died. When this, when this king died, when God removed him out of the picture, Isaiah had a vision. And the vision that Isaiah had was firstly who God is. Because when God shows you who he is, then, he will then you will start to realize and know if I know who my God is, I will be able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Because we know who God is. So when we look at this, this vision of Isaiah, the first thing it says is, is this. He says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord. That was a revelation to him. Because for me, it says, in all of this time that he was doing ministry already, he had not seen who God was. Now, I'm not saying that we don't know who God is. But sometimes we don't have the full picture. And when you don't have the full picture, you can't fulfill what he's, he's going to say to you or what he's doing. He says, I saw the Lord. Our God is alive. Amen. We just sang the song just now. You are not a God created by human hands. Amen? Amen. He is a God who is alive. When he, when, he, when he came and he died on the cross and he rose from the dead, we sing the song, my God is alive. He is alive. And we need to put that inside of us. He's just not somebody that we refer to as the man up above. Isn't it? Sometimes we do that. I have to speak to the man up above. Or we, we call his name in vain. Or we just say, you know what, I just need to just... Just speak, just pray, and if I just pray, things will come right. This is not how it is. When we get a grip of who God is, He is just not just anybody. He is God who is alive. And if He's alive in your heart and He lives in and through you, you can do anything that you put your heart and set your heart to. Then the next thing that we look at in this in this passage of scripture, it says, God has authority. It says, I saw the Lord. He's sitting on a throne. He's king. He's king of kings. Lord of lords. Sitting on a throne. That's the God that we serve. Just not any nilly-willy thing that we just say, I I'm going to church and I'm just going to worship. I'm just going to praise. Or I'm just going to sing a song. This is our God that is sitting on a throne, ruling and reigning over the earth. That's the God that we serve. And sometimes when we, when, we, when we refer to him, it's just like, you know, our God, or yes, you are God, or we just, you know, just in any flippant manner, we just refer to who he is. But when you know that he's God on the throne, there's something about that, that nothing can come your way. Because you know, the Bible says we are seated with him in heavenly places. He's already given you that place and that position of authority where you can be able to speak things and it can come to life. Where you are able to speak healing and it can happen. Where you're able to speak the word and people's lives can be changed. Because that's the power and the authority that we have. We have no excuse as children of God to say that I cannot do this. Because if he is our God sitting on the throne, and if we are seated with him in heavenly places or in high places, we are able to carry that authority. authority. Then the next thing he says, he says, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne. He is high and lifted up. Amen. Unlimited power. There's nothing that can stop him. There's nothing that can stop us. You see, when you realize that we serve a God of unlimited power, it gives something inside of you. It places something inside of you that says, this power that God has. He says, I have given you power and authority and dominion. It is, if there's any reason why we cannot live in power and authority and dominion,
again, it's not because that God is failing us. It's because we fail ourselves. Unlimited power. And then the fourth thing he says, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. What a marvelous sight that is. If you can just imagine it. I was saying in the earlier service, I said, you know, I remember the, the wedding of um, Prince Charles and Diana. And I said, you know, we all were waiting, right, Cookie, to, to see that wedding. Those, that was our time when we were in school. And we were waiting to see this, the, this beautiful bride that was going to come out. And when she came out of the carriage and she walked up the stairs, her train was reaching right to the bottom of that steps. And it was quite a long stairway that she had to walk. And even when she walked down the aisle, the, the, the train filled almost half of the aisle of the church. Now that was just a little picture of somebody that was of royalty. Imagine our God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, in all of his splendor. It says his train filled the temple. What a beautiful sight. God is a God of splendor. And when we look at ourselves, we should be a people of splendor. That means we need to take care of ourselves. That means we need to present ourselves properly. That means when people look at us, there must be an attraction. Isn't it? When people look at us, they want to see what you have. Now imagine we all dowdy, we don't take care of ourselves, we dress up anyhow, we treat ourselves anyhow, we look anyhow, and then we want to present the gospel. People are going to say, but you, you're not showing me what this gospel is, is all about. But if you're going with boldness, with confidence, you're well-dressed, you've got good speech, you are giving a message, people want to hear you. They want to receive this message that you have because they can see it active in your life. Our God of splendor. Then the, the next thing it says, Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. Now when we look at this massive seraphim, they were great big angels that were standing in the presence of God. Their wing expands, you can't even measure it. That is how they stood in splendor before God. But they stood before him in humility, worshipping him. They could not behold his glory. They say with two wings they covered his face. With two wings they covered their feet. Their feet showed that they come before God in humility. I don't stand before God and just think, I am everything before you, Lord. When we come before God in worship, that is how it should be. Not that I am coming before God because I know all the words that I need to say. I know all the songs that I need to say. I know all the beats that I need to play. And so I can worship. Worship is not all about that. But worship is what comes from within. That when you behold the glory of God, it's almost as though you can't stand in his presence. That's how it should be when you're worshiping God. And I was saying earlier, I said, you know what? The time, the time right now when we're coming before God, we've lost so much of our reverence before God. We think that we can just pray anyhow to him. We can just come in any old fashion before God. We can just sleep on our beds and we can pray. Or we can just, just sit in our car before we leave or while we're driving and we can just say a prayer and just say, God, I thank you because you covered. What about those times when you need to be prostrate before him? What about those times when you need to come kneeling before him? What about those times when you come, need to come bowing before him? Because he is a God that needs to be revered. This is the God that is presenting himself to Isaiah. Then the next thing we see, they say the, the, the seraphims call to one another. This is their worship. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. What is our cry when we come before God? Is it that we're declaring His holiness? 
or is it declare or are we speaking what we want from him sometimes we mistake our worship for wanting our for our needs for that which we want and sometimes we just give a little word of praise which is just a tiny bit of what our prayer is all about and then we go on to ask and ask but the bible says be he holy as he is holy it's not a tall ask on us if the bible says that we can be holy as he is holy and some of you may say i don't think i can pass that test yes you can if you're a child of the most high god and you want to live in him and walk in his ways we can do it we can be holy we can present ourselves as holy and acceptable before god then the next thing he says holy holy is the lord god almighty the whole earth is full of his glory it's not saying that the glory is coming the glory is here the whole earth is full of his glory and how is the earth full of his glory by you and i that are walking on the earth as his children we are representatives of the glory of god we need to understand that i believe that when i walk i carry the glory of god i carry his presence that wherever i go and whatever i speak and whatever i say and how i present myself is the glory of god being presented that is how we're going to make impact that is how the world and the earth is full with the glory of god then we look at isaiah in verse 5 after he realizes and he sees this vision of god high and lifted up sitting on the throne what was the thing that came to him he didn't say oh lord i am here do what you will with me nothing what did he say he said woe is me for i am undone and ruined i am a man of unclean lips and i dwell in the presence of people of unclean lips and he says for my eyes have seen the king the lord of hosts he witnessed who god was and the first thing that he happened to him he realized who he was and he realized that he was although he was speaking the word it was not what god wanted him to do he says i'm a man of unclean lips i am undone and i am ruined we cannot come to god with pride we cannot come to god and say this is who i am this is what i can do this is how i can live this is what i can speak the moment we realize who god is he brings us to a place where we think we know who we are and we say lord work with me first lord work in my life first clear everything that is not of you which is what isaiah did he said lord i'm a man of unclean lips he was a prophet but he knew he was not doing the full work of god and then it says you see when you when you when you declare something to god like that he just doesn't leave you and say carry on it says one of the seraphim flew to him having a live coal in his hand which he had taken with tongs up from the altar now you all know yeah bry right you know how hot the coals can be right the seraphim who didn't even hold that that hot coal but he took it with the tongs and he placed it on the lips of isaiah some of you will say because you know what he's going to do the fire of god will burn everything that is not of him it will take away everything that is not of god and it will make you clean the fire of god will make you pure before him it says it takes away the sin it touched it says in verse 7 and with it it touched my mouth and behold this has touched your lips god says your iniquity and your guilt are taken away your sin is completely atoned and forgiven what a thing our god doesn't tell us i i banish you or i dismiss you or because you are a person of unclean lips we do that to ourselves we are the ones who say lord i cannot do this but god when he comes before you 
he, he does not leave you in a place of sin and unforgiveness. He atones you, he cleanses you, and he sends you forth. Then he says, after he, after he has come through this process with God, after his lips have been burnt, after he's been touched by God, after his sins have been forgiven, there's a declaration that has been made to him. In verse, in verse 8 it says, Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? What a question. God is asking. There are so many people, but he knew that there was a mandate on the life of Isaiah. And he knew that after this king had died, now Isaiah's focus was on God. He says to him, who shall I send? Who will go? That's a question God is asking us today. Whom shall I send? You know, when we, when we look at, at what is happening around us today, we need so many foot soldiers. We need people that will go out and will speak the word of God, will go out and will transmit what God is saying from the heavens. And then Isaiah says, Here am I, Lord, send me. Are we willing today, amidst all of our busyness and whatever we do in our lives, are we prepared to say, Lord, here am I, send me, Lord? Because that should be our priority. That should be our priority. Then in verse 9, he says, go and tell those people, those people that hear and hear continually, but they don't understand. They see and they see continually, but they don't comprehend. Sounds familiar to you? Does it sound familiar to you? We are living in such a world where people, even if they see, miracles, even if they hear the word of God, they still ignore it. And yet God is saying to Isaiah, I'm sending you forth. If you go to these people, you're going to find those that are rebellious, but also you will find those that will take the word. Go to these people that hear and that see and do not believe. Make the heart of these people fat. In verse 10 it says, Make their ears heavy, shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn again and be healed. I believe that that is what God wants for us during this time, in this day and age. He wants us to have a revelation of Him. When we have a revelation of Him, we have the understanding of who we are. And when we have an understanding of who we are, we have a mandate that we need to follow. And when you know who you are in God, you are able to do anything. He says, this is what you have to do. You see, when we come before God and when we confess, God's holiness comes upon us. He says, whom shall I send? Who will go, who will go and tell my people? You see, the thing that we need to understand is that God gives us an upward vision. When Isaiah, when, when Isaiah saw the vision, he said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. He was not down. He had to lift his head up to the, to the skies to see. An upward vision gives you an inward understanding. Because that's when he came to that place where he said, Lord, I am undone and I am ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips. And then it is an outward call. So there are steps that we have to take. But the most important thing is we have to know who our God is. Let God, I pray that there's a revelation of who God is in your life. And when you come to know him like how he is presented to Isaiah, you will never turn back. If you know who you are in God, you will never turn back. Because we know that there are so many people, there's so many situations, so many things that happened in our lives that cause us to turn away from the presence of God. But today I pray and I urge, I urge you today, when you, when you pray and say, Lord, I want to see a vision of you. Lord, open my eyes, Lord. Let me see, O oh God, your plan and your purpose for who, 
uh, let me see who you are so that you can work in and through me. I believe that God is great. God is greatly to be praised. His presence and his glory is covering the earth. And all he needs is you and I to do his will and to do his work. I pray this morning that you are blessed. I pray that you have an upward vision. I pray that you have an upward vision. That even when you are, when you are praying that you have a desire to have an upward vision. Because then it will cause you to move from that place where you are at. Where you think of yourself lower than you are supposed to. See yourself through the eyes of God. Because that is how God saw Isaiah. When Isaiah turned his focus away, when he realized King Uzziah is no more, and Lord, you are for me, he did great and mighty exploits. Go and read the book of Isaiah. After that, his message to the Israelite nation was a totally different message. It was a message of hope and encouragement when he said, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. This was a different Isaiah that was speaking in the, in the first five chapters and saying, woe are you and woe is me and all of those kind of things. He had a different message. So I pray today that when you have an upward vision and when there's a change in your life, your message will be clear and your message will be different. Let's just bow our heads in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you this morning. You are a great and an awesome God. And today, oh God, as we read father from this passage of scripture where isaiah saw you high and lifted up sitting on a throne the train of your glory filling this temple what a splendid picture it is the angels oh god's crying holy 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 is the lord god almighty it brings us to a place oh god where, Father, we say, Lord, if there's anything, Lord, that we've done. Oh, God, if there's any iniquity and sin, oh, God, in our lives that blinds us from our plan and purpose, remove it, oh, God. So that, Father, when the call comes, whom shall I send and who will go for us? There will be no hesitation on our part, oh, God. But we will say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Bless your people today, Father. I pray that this word will just not only be a word that they will hear, but that, God, they will desire in their hearts to have an upward vision. We thank you and give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 I pray that you are blessed. I'm going to hand over to